0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now.
1: Straight
0: up to a on this Wednesday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. I Gambadoro. Burns, what's going on? Still reverberating off of that uh, World Baseball Classic final last night, man. Oh
1: man, we were fun. watching that as a family,
0: Whoa. and God. you know,
1: and then you know, I, you know, and then in that like ninth inning when you got the leadoff walk, mm-hmm. you got the Lead off walking and it's, oh, and then they've doubled up Mookie Bats. Like, he doubled up Mookie Betts. Like, how do you double up? How do you double up Mookie Betts? And then Otani versus Trout was like, look, he's either going to hit a home run or he's going to strike out. Like, I think there was no in between, right? There was no base single up the middle. It was either he's going to hit one out. And it was some great stats on how Trout, you know, rarely in his career has he ever gone swing, 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 strikeout for a strikeout. It's happened like
0: 24 times in his whole career. career, which is mind blowing in and of Self, Yeah. Where he strikes out swing, swing, swing. And it's not it, it, it it look, it kind of sounded like this, depending on where you were listening. We're going to get into this later. Buster only this morning on Get Up suggested that when Shohei Otane becomes a free agent at the end of this season I saw it. That his deal Could start with a six. Wow. That he could get $600 million from a team when he signs. How old is he? Johei, I'm going to say he's young, 26, 28. He's 28. Okay. I was just guessing. he's going to get
1: one of those 10 or 12 year deals. I'll take him to 40 years old.
0: He is 28 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. He'll be 29 29. Uh, July 5th. You two are like on the same wavelength over there on July 5th, July 5th. So he'll be 29. That was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they can. We'll talk more about this later. Can they make that more happen more often than than it does? Um, um, can they change the timing of it to encourage more participation? These are all ideas that we'll get into. Of course, we got some other matters at hand that we've got to deal with, namely an NBA team trying to figure out where they're going to end up in playoff seating. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. The weigh-in. <laughs> Brought to you by Revitalize we Weight Loss. The Suns trying to hold on to their playoff seating against a desperate team trying to get into the playoffs. Take two, if you will. We saw this movie on Sunday. It did end well for the Suns. They lost to Oklahoma City. Although Oklahoma City, now they're just rising on up the charts in the West. Yeah, we, they're pretty good. Oh, they're pretty good. They beat the Clippers again last night. Yeah. Um, we tried again tonight for the Suns. And this time against the Lakers team. That if the season were to end right now, they are not in the playoffs. They. No. Are Just on the outside looking in, so expect them to be very desperate tonight. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's uh, you know, without LeBron
1: James there, you know, they're really battling to try to get in. I mean, there's some good things that are going on for the Lakers. They really live and die with AD and how he plays. They had a tough loss to the Mavs last week. Uh, Austin Reeves has been really good for them. I mean, he's been like their best player. I mean, he has had some really good solid games, and he's been kind of leading the way for them. Uh, But they, yeah, they're fighting just to get into to that play-in tournament. Um, there's some pressure here. They haven't played well against the Phoenix Suns. They've got this gauntlet of games coming up. Uh, Oklahoma City, and then they got two at Chicago, and then games in Minnesota, Houston, Utah. One against the Clippers, two at home to finish the season against the Suns and the Jazz. will ultimately determine whether this team's able to make the play-in game play tournament. I don't think they can get any further than that, but I think that's what they're battling for is one of those play-in spots. I
0: mean, look, we'll... we'll are you talking about the Lakers now? Chris, yeah. yeah, from the Suns' perspective, this we know. Kevin Durant didn't make the trip. Uh, DeAndre Ayton didn't make the trip. Uh, that That is not going to be very helpful with AD out there because obviously with no LeBron for the Lakers, he's going to be the focal point. The Austin Reeves story is a crazy one. I mean, they're chanting MVP for the guy. Out of some small town in Arkansas, at Newark, Arkansas, is where he's from. It's his second year in the league, and you're not lying, man. He has put up some <laughs> unbelievable numbers As of late, the kind of, you know, 35 points, 16 points, 24 points, 18 points. Most of it with LeBron James out. And, of course, it's also D'Angelo Russell. The Lakers really reinvented themselves at the trade deadline, man. They brought in a whole bunch of new faces trying to change the equation a little bit. LeBron James goes out. What they're going to do in the offseason, I don't know. Can they make a push before the season's out to get in? That's going to lead them to be very desperate tonight. Yeah, this talk about will they go after Kyrie? At the at the after the season's over,
1: but none none of that matters right now. I mean, the Suns are shorthanded without D. A. shorthanded without K. D. and the Lakers need you know they're on the outside looking in. They they're in eleventh place right now in the Western Conference, half game back of Utah and Minnesota, a full game back of the Mavs and Oklahoma City Thunder. So, but they're also just a game and a half out of the six seed. So they've got but they have a lot of teams that to pass to get there. No Aiden, no Durant. Neither made the trip to L. A. like you mentioned, and now you. The Lakers and you know you're without LeBron James. You got to try to figure out how to win, you know, five or six games down the stretch to try to get you into the playoffs.
0: Now for the Suns, they obviously have a lot of stuff to figure out, and we'll get into some of the details throughout the course of the show. The things they need to work on, but obviously, thing number one is just try to figure out somebody who can help out Devin Booker out there. I I mean, he he has been on an it's been a chore. Yeah, it has been a real chore, and it's it's something that's got to get solved starting tonight. He needs a running mate out there. Who it is at this point? I don't care. Chris Paul, Landry Sham. It, you name a guy, it's got to be somebody who helps him out I'd out like there. to see it be Chris. I'd like to see Chris step up and say, I'm going to take some of that scoring load off. I've
1: done it before. I can do it again. I'm going to be that guy. I mean, everybody else. I mean, do you really Torrey Craig? No. Josh Akoji? No. A lot of the bench guys? No. I think the, you know, whoever the backup center is, if you, you probably start Bismack Biyombo to try to give you defense against AD, he's not going to give it to you. It's got to be Chris Paul to me. Chris Paul's got to be the guy that steps up and said, okay, listen, I could go for between 20 and 30 a game. It's no problem. I've done it many times in my career. I'll go
0: get you 24 points tonight. Help out Devin Booker. So to me, it's Chris. It's in a vacuum, that should work. But this Chris Paul is not but the same Chris Paul this year. It's been obvious to anybody. And, it's, and for moments, right, games, little little spurt here, little spurt there. I have no doubt he could do it tonight. But consistently asking Chris consistently to be that guy to Devin Booker this year, that is that's the reason that went out and got Kevin Durant. He is no longer capable of being that guy on a game in, game out basis. No, even when Durant wasn't here,
1: it was is it DA? Is it Mikhail? Is it Cam Who's the guy? Who's gonna be that guy? And it, you know, really wasn't one clear cut guy. It was just, you know, depending on the matchups, it was a
0: different guy in different games. Yeah, no doubt about it. The 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 question so who steps up, who becomes the guy, the fouling issue, I'll be real. Really curious to see that tonight, too. Monty kind of backed off a little bit. This time a week ago, it was, man, these calls that we're not getting. It's this, it's that. James Jones comes on with us and says it's self-evident what's going on out there. It seemed like the organization had unified their voice and kind of collectively complaining about the state of NBA fishing officiating against them. And I noticed, and you notice the same thing, a tone shift after Sunday's game against Oklahoma City, especially for Monty. we got to stop complaining about this. We got to stop not fouling on the other end. From that standpoint, I wonder how different of a version we get of the Phoenix Suns tonight. How much talking do they do with the referees and the officiating about the calls that they are or are not getting? Right. I think that's something to keep an eye that's on. Something tonight. to look at. Watch for this too. I mean, uh, you know, Darvin Ham has done a, has staggered
1: the minutes for Anthony Davis and DeAngelo Russell, trying to make sure that one of those guys is on the court at all times so they have a scorer. So they've uh, done a pretty good job in staggering the
0: Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell minutes, so they always have one of those guys on the floor at all times. Yeah, that's something else to keep an eye on as well. Uh, if you're looking at the standings, and we'll get into some of the things that happened last night here in a little bit, um, the Suns continue to get help, and maybe after another couple games, and it was a tough part of the schedule, Lakers tonight, Sacramento on Friday, Philly on Saturday, that's a brutal back-to-back for the Suns right there. But as things stand right now, no, two game lead in the lost column over the Clippers, three game lead over the lost column and the goal over the golden state warriors i wouldn 't say it 's a firm grasp of number four but the way this thing keeps trending they certainly haven 't they certainly haven 't lost ground to anybody since losing Kevin durant they're, they're, you know no, no. D- I mean w- we, nobody else seems to be good enough to pass them. I, I take a screenshot of the standings the day Kevin Durant hurt himself they don't look that different from where they are right now for the Suns. Even though the Suns haven't played well, that threat from underneath hasn't really risen to the occasion yet. No. Nobody really has. You know, everybody's so much fearful of those teams,
1: Dallas and Golden State and the Clippers, but they haven't proven to be that good. No. You know, and there's injuries for each team, and the Paul George injury last night, and um, you know, the late, we're talking about the Lakers, they're hoping to get LeBron back by the end of the season. That might be enough to get them a game or two to get them into the play-in tournament, but you just don't know right now. But yeah, it looks like the Phoenix Suns have a pretty good hold on the four spot. If your
0: bracket is busted, don't worry, madness maniacs. You still have a shot at five hundred dollars. Text the word bucks to six twenty six twenty. We're gonna send you a link to fill out your new sixteen team bracket. Again, text the word bucks to six twenty six twenty. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Box. It's presented by Sansan San Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. So what does DeAndre Hopkins actually want as a result of a trade? Let's we'll talk about that coming up. Burns and Yambo.
2: And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Our poll question yesterday here on the Virgin Gambo show was trying to predict when DeAndre Hopkins was going to get traded by the Arizona Cardinals, and your options were either by the end of this week, by the end of this month, by the NFL draft, or just sometime after that. And maybe some people even think he's not going to get traded. At this point, we're still waiting. Gambo, there was some news in regard to um, DeAndre Hopkins, and then we'll get into what Mike Garofolo said yesterday on the NFL Network, because it's really interesting. There was some wide receiver movement today that didn't involve the Cardinals, but there's probably some dominoes falling because of it. The Jets agreed to a deal with McCole Hardman, the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. So now the Chiefs really thin at wide receiver. Lost Hardman, lost Juju Smith-Schuster, which maybe kind of highlights them as a potential landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. The Jets then traded wide receiver Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns. Now, I think it was Josina Anderson who today had kind of ruled out the Cleveland Browns as a landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins clearly in getting Elijah Moore even though he's more of a slot guy and not as much of an outside guy what the Browns gave up to get Elijah Moore all but eliminates the Cleveland Browns I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going there has to be Kansas City
1: they got two wide receivers on their roster right now Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore two very young unproven players they still have MVS Marquez valdez Marquez valdez
0: again. I thought he signed a one-year deal. I'd have to check. I, I, th- I thought he was back. Is he back? I, or think, I, I, th- I think he's still there. I think it's Kadarius Toney, Marquez Valdez Cantling, and Sky Moore. Okay. I think. Because McCole Hardman with the Jets, Juju uh, is with the Patriots, as you mentioned. I, I think that it's those three. But clear, I mean, you know, and I know they got Travis Kelsey, and he, he's sort of a unicorn with the things he can do out there, but certainly they look like a team that could use a wide receiver, right? So, yes. so to, your, to your point, that seems like a real logical landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins, depending on how this shakes out after what happened today. So
1: yeah, Valdez Scantling, the six million of his salary became fully guaranteed on the third day of the new year, which was March seventeenth. So they had the option to release him prior to that guarantee kicking in. But
0: so once March seventeenth came, his contract became okay. guaranteed. So he's there. Um, okay. the, the Jets gave up uh, Elijah Moore and their third rounder to the Browns for a second round pick. The Browns just gave up a second round pick for Elijah Moore. I, right. I, I think you can just see Anderson's report notwithstanding, which came out this morning. I think you can rule out the Browns as a destination. But let's get into what Hopkins is looking for, because this was really interesting stuff. This is Mike Garofolo on the NFL Network talking about how DeAndre is not looking for the most money in a trade. My understanding is DeAndre Hopkins is not looking
1: to push this thing really hard from a financial standpoint, this is more about the fit. So he'd rework the contract and maybe make it a little bit more palatable for the team uh, that would be acquiring him but not looking to say, well, you traded me from Houston, Arizona. I'm going to cash in. And if you remember that contract, that was resetting the wide receiver market to the point where it made other deals hard to do because everybody said, well, that was a ridiculous extension for a guy that got traded. That is not what Hopkins is looking to do in this
0: case. He goes a little deeper saying it's just more about a better fit with a new team. This is more about the right fit for him from a
1: production standpoint uh, and also from a winning standpoint. We know he's getting to the latter part of his career. Uh, Winning is a priority for DeAndre Hopkins. That's what it sounds like. So nothing is imminent from what I've been told. I know Ian says things are ramping up, uh, but this is maybe something we're watching as we get closer to the draft I think that kind like it, it, on a lot of people's list, they like Carolina as an option for Hopkins. But if it's about fit, does he really want to go somewhere with an unproven quarterback? That's an excellent point. Like that, like everything that you read best fits with DeAndre Hopkins. They like Carolina. Now, why do they like Carolina? Cap space, they've got it. They've added players like Miles Sanders, Adam
0: Thielen, Hayden Hurst, Um, you know, so so weapons there. And and mostly because the expectation is that they're going to be going with a very young quarterback in the draft. Maybe C.J. Stroud, maybe Bryce Young. We'll see. But with the idea that to give that new rookie quarterback as soft a landing spot as possible, give him the best receivers you possibly can. It'll make the transition easier if he's got veteran-wide receivers who can kind of help him along and make... It can be bad. I, I think I, and I think you're right. It's partly the salary situation. It's partly just kind of a process of elimination kind of situation. And it also has to do with that rookie quarterback. But if Fuller's if right, and it really is about fit, and DeAndre Hopkins has some way to somewhat manipulate this process. But Kansas if, City's the best option. Kansas City... You play with the best quarterback in the best system with the best coach. Or New England. Because they're perpetually decent, right? Like, they're good. I don't know if they're going to be great, but they're good. It's somewhat of a veteran Mac Jones has had enough starts. Yeah.
1: Under his belt, Daniel Jones with the Giants same thing. Like the Daniel Jones and Mac Jones are okay. The good quarterbacks are okay. Nothing special. Mahomes, like you want to win, Mahomes gives you the best chance to win. Andy Reid gives you the best chance to win. That That's your best spot if you want fit. Now, if you go to the Giants or the Patriots, you are not going with a rookie quarterback who doesn't, you know, who doesn't know the game very well. You're going with, ex- with guys that have some experience. They're not the most experienced, but they've got enough over the years where they've got, you know, enough games under their belt and you've got good coaches there. Uh, you know, Dable was a terrific coach this year. You got weapons with the Giants where they can run the ball. I mean, I I think those are the teams that are better fits. I'd say Kansas City one, <sighs> New England two, and then the Giants three. Yeah, I only give New England the odd because... You know, and they were terrible offensively last year, but they got rid of the, the coordinator. So they,
0: it, they it, should it, be better offensively this year. And that's why those cuts last week, we played them for you yesterday, J.J. Watt, when he was on the Pat McAfee show. Pat McAfee was asking him a bunch about Bill O'Brien. He's the, the new, new offensive coordinator yep. in, in New England, and he used to be the head coach in Houston. So will there be any residual problems between DeAndre and Bill O'Brien if that's where he ends up going? And J.J., who was a part of that, too, didn't seem to think there'd be any problems at all this Jeff Howell. He's an NFL insider with The Athletic. He was on Colin Cowherd's show today, and he just described the Hopkins market as just really tough to read right now. It's a hard
1: market to read because a lot of I mean, everybody likes the player, of course. I mean, you'd be foolish not to, just how outstanding he is on Sundays, every week after week after week. But... I can't get a feel for the market. You know, everybody I'm asking, hey, what's what are you hearing on the price point? It's like, oh well, it's still a little too high. And that high point that everybody with these teams is speaking of is the salary, the trade. You got to wonder, you know, what are you getting off the field? Is he going to fit with your locker room? Now you're right about this
0: today, at least online. There was a real Panther push. At least it felt like it. They found a couple, you and I both collectively found a couple stories that suggested Carolina. There was a pro football focus story that suggested Carolina was the best landing spot. And then there was Bill Barnwell of ESPN, one of their lead NFL writers, who wrote a story about the best team fits for unsigned players. He said, I'm going to sneak in a trade here real quick because everyone's talking about DeAndre Hopkins. He suggested Hopkins getting traded to the Panthers. I'm fascinated by the finances of this because we keep talking about this not being about money. Right. He suggested the Panthers would send the number 93 selection to the Cardinals. Third rounder, late third rounder. The Cardinals would pick up $10 $10 million of Hopkins base $19.5 million deal and only get a third rounder and only get a third rounder back. Carolina would then also guarantee Hopkins salary for next year, putting Carolina on the hook for two years and about $25 million. Arizona on the hook for about $10 million and and would get a third rounder back. Now again, he's suggesting not reporting. So it's not like he's got sources and he's saying I'm hearing this or I'm hearing that. So I imagine it's an educated guess that Barnwell is making on this one. I think that there was a second
1: round pick available that the deal would have been made done. It would have been made by now. I go back to Jay Crowder with the Suns. Like, why was the deal? Because there was no good offers. Why did Jay Crowder not get traded in October? Why did he not get traded in November, December, January? Why? Because there were no good offers. Yeah. There's nothing good out there. You know, you had to package him in with the deal and get Kevin Durant, and then they shipped him off for a bunch of second rounders. Like, that's what you could have got. You were never getting a first rounder for him. And maybe it's to the point now where you're not getting a second rounder for Hopkins. I still find that hard to believe,
0: but it might be true because of the salary. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 627. 620 right now. This could be a must-win game for the Suns. This is definitely a must-win game for the Lakers. We will go to Los Angeles and talk about this matchup next on the Burns and Gambo Show
2: and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
0: Suns Lakers tonight. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader starts at 7 o'clock and he's the closest thing. Gambo we've got to a Los Angeles correspondent, which we're very glad to have. We end up talking to him quite a bit. George Sedano, ESPN 710, co-host of the Sedano and Cap show. And you doing the sideline tonight, George? Is that the plan? Yep, I'll be there. All right. What are you expecting? How desperate are the Lakers going to be in this one?
2: Oh, I'm expecting the Lakers to be incredibly desperate. I mean, they almost blew a game against Orlando the other day. Austin Reeves had to save them. There's a lot of scrutiny right now on Anthony Davis, and teams are doing the smart thing on Anthony Davis. They're double-teaming him immediately when he touches the ball, even if he doesn't have the ball. They're shading him with a second defender, and they're basically telling the Lakers and Darvin Hamm, you got to beat us with somebody else. It's not going to be Anthony Davis.
1: Well, in comes Austin Reeves because he's been their hero. Uh, Austin Reeves has been really good for them. I know wing, Gabriel's played well, but I, I don't you know. I don't know. I look at this team. They lost to Houston the other day. Anthony Davis didn't play. He said he wanted to play, but they held him out. And you can make an argument that was the right thing to do, but if they miss the playoffs by a game, that game's going to come back to haunt them.
2: Oh, my God. There's no question. I mean... It's a talk show host dream, basically, if they miss <laughs> the playoffs by, by one, game. one game. I mean, we'll be, we'll be talking about that for an entire off season. What are you talking about? But, um, yeah, look, it, it, I get that a lot of these players are not in control and these medical staffs are in control and the owners have empowered them over the coaching staffs. I've seen it all across the league. And, you know, I, I, I feel for Anthony Davis because the organization and the medical staff in that situation – Puts him in a tough spot because he tends to get the blame in that scenario, especially with LeBron out. He's the guy everybody's focused on. I,
1: I'm looking at, f- at future draft picks. I, would it be such a would it be such a bad thing if the Lakers don't make the playoffs this year? They the Pelicans have the right to swap picks, but the Pelicans may not make the playoffs either. So you might have two teams that are in the lottery, and maybe those picks ended up you know right next to each other. Would it be such a bad thing if the Lakers
2: ended up with a lottery pick? <laughs> Conventional wisdom says, no, it wouldn't be such a bad thing. Except conventional wisdom doesn't fly in Los Angeles when it comes to the Lakers. Especially on a team with LeBron. And I know he's missed a ton of time, and he's had some really bad luck with injuries, particularly in his time here in L.A., but you know that's part of the deal. You kind of had to expect that at some point he wasn't going to keep playing 70-some-odd games a season, especially as he got older, and now he's 38 years old. But, yeah, you can't have a situation where you miss the playoffs back-to-back years with LeBron, even if he only has played 45 or whatever uh, amount of games it's been. It just would be a terrible look for them. But, but to your point, because New Orleans is also in a weird predicament because of Zion Williams and his lack of – Williamson and his lack of availability, then I think that, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. But people here would not – I mean, listen, people would go nuts if they missed the playoffs again.
0: George Sedano joining us here on the Burns and Gambo show in Los Angeles, co-host of the Sedano and Kep show, doing sideline tonight for ESPN when the Suns take on the Lakers. George, I, I really I do want to get back to the Anthony Davis thing because I'm just what, ten games, eleven games. I don't know exactly how many the Lakers have. Do you expect is will it be all hands on deck, or do you expect that the the medical staff will continue to manage this for Anthony Davis? And then, kind of on the, the back end of that, does that mean the potential of more missed games for him down the stretch?
2: Well, to my knowledge, and I'm pretty sure they they talked about this yesterday, um, he's going to be full go the rest of the way, including the one potential back-to-back that they have, which would be April 5th against the Clippers, which could end up becoming a pretty huge game considering the Paul George situation at the moment. It kind of stinks that all we do is talk about injuries with these guys. um, And, you know, and I'm not blaming anybody. Like, you know, freak things happened. What happened to Paul George at the end of that game yesterday – I was watching it. It was just nuts. It's just like terrible luck. Uh, So it sucks that we're talking about this this way. But, yeah, that one could end up being a big one. And, oh, by the way, I'll be there too that night. I'm actually on the schedule for that one. So I I am curious to see uh, how that one potentially uh, sizes up once we get there. Yeah, you know,
1: we said this yesterday on our show. It's like, you know, you look at the top three teams ahead of the Suns. It's the Nuggets who have been struggling. Memphis, no Adams, no Ja right now. Clark's out. Yep. And, then, and then it's Sacramento, which is a nice story. They've been very healthy. Then you look at the three teams right below them, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Mavs. Like, yeah, I don't want any part of those three teams, but I wouldn't mind right. taking the top three teams. It's just, it's just such an odd year. I'd imagine if you're the Lakers, you're like, okay, get LeBron back with four or five games to go and if you get you if you get out of the play-in you might play Memphis you might play Denver you might play uh Sacramento you might have a matchup that you possibly could win
2: right that's exactly what they're thinking look LeBron senses the weakness in the West and I think that that's why he's going to do everything in his power to try to get back even if he's not a hundred percent and if I had to guess and this is pure reckless speculation on my part he's not going to be 100% because let's just use deductive reasoning here. He was already playing on a bad left foot before he had the injury against the Dallas Mavericks where the entire world saw him say three times, I heard it pop, I heard it pop, I heard it pop. (laughs) So that's not going to be good for him, is my guess. So they're going to do everything they can to try to help him. He's going to try to do everything he can to get on the court because of that, because they see that the Western Conference is nowhere near as good as the East is right now, if you look at the top three teams in the East, I don't care who came out of the West. I favor them against anybody, even even the Suns, who I think are the clear-cut favorite if KD's healthy, uh, just because they wouldn't have played as many games as 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 one would like, right? Together, so uh, I think that the top three teams in the East, Milwaukee, even Boston, who's struggling, and Philly, uh, would be favored in a matchup uh, against any of the teams out West in the finals,
0: You read my mind, George. That was exactly the next question I was going to ask you. We are of the belief that if, big if, but if Kevin Durant is healthy, there is no team the Suns should fear in the West. You just said it a second ago. Do you believe a healthy KD means the Suns are the overwhelming favorite in the Western Conference?
2: Yes, absolutely. He's the most malleable player in the sport. You can plug and play with him pretty much anywhere and have results. (laughs) So when you look at a guy like Devin Booker, particularly who's become one of my favorite players in the league, um, I, I think that their games, you know, have incredible synergy already together, and we saw it in a very brief amount of time. Uh, Chris Paul, at this stage of his career, is kind of the perfect—I would call him almost fourth best player, right—on this team potentially third on some days, and, and I think that because he's such a willing passer um, and is so good at still getting guys in positions to succeed, then I think that, um, you know, that that's beneficial for them. And look, Aiton, I, I know there's been a lot of talk over the years about effort and things of that nature. I know the first 20 games of the year, I think he was like something like 58th in rebounding rate or something ridiculous like that, and then he really turned it on. But as long as you get an engaged DeAndre Ayton, and I think that's part of the the only minor issue that I would see that would be part of the problem there, is how many touches can you get Ayton in this scenario with Booker and KD getting the bulk of them? Because if you're going to want him to play defense, you better make sure he's still engaged on the offensive side of the ball and you get him engaged on the offensive side of the ball because I feel like those two things are directly correlated, his effort on defense with the type of touches he may get on offense.
1: All right, if I take a look at this Lakers roster two years from now, and uh, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, I mean, some of the new guys, is there anybody you could say, yes, the, these guys will definitely be here for the long
0: haul.
2: They like him; They want to build around them. Jared Vanderbilt is probably the only one. Um, I know he's got uh, he's up he's up after next season, and he's only four and a half million dollars. He might be the steal of that entire trade because a the salary I just mentioned, and b he's just like the perfect Swiss Army knife on defense. Like he can guard from the three point line into the post. Um, his shot is a little suspect at times, but he can pass the ball really well. He's got good court vision. Um, and he's pretty good at getting to the basket, too. If he, if he could develop a more consistent jumper, then I think he'd be a real steal for them. But I, I, he's probably the only guy, if I had to look at that roster, because you're telling me two years down the road, I, I think they're going to run this thing back. But I don't know how many of those guys will be on the roster two seasons from now.
0: Last one for George Adano from ESPN 710. We promised you 10 minutes, so we want to make sure we deliver. But since you're in L.A., I got to ask you about Paul George. You mentioned him a moment ago. What's, what's What have been the reverberations of that injury, and what are you hearing about a timetable for his return, George?
2: So, right now, our own young Masook who covers the Clippers for us, says he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks, which basically means he's probably done for the regular season. So, that's not good for the Clippers, because they're bunched up with you guys, as you mentioned earlier, you, the Warriors, and them. And that means a lot more on Kawhi. Now, Kawhi has played great over these last couple of weeks, for the most part. And I want to say, you know, I'd have to go back and look at this, but... He's probably played in, I want to say, like 27 of the last 32 games that they've played. So Kawhi is back to playing on a regular basis. So, But it puts a lot more on them. Now, they're a deep team. They're arguably the deepest team, 1 through 12. I think sometimes their problem is they have too many guys that they can play, potentially. And mixing and matching sometimes can be a challenge. But... I, I am curious to see how this thing unfolds, because if you saw the end of that game yesterday, there weren't a lot of options when Lou Dort was was glued onto Kawhi. Kawhi couldn't get by him, and him and Marcus Morris Sr. had a big problem at the end of that game trying to figure out if he was going to set a screen or not. Kawhi you know, kind of threw his hands up in the air, like, what the hell was that? Uh, and they lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I think they're going to have some stuff to figure out. Luckily for them, I think Ty Lu in the Western Conference is probably the best tactician yeah. that is available on those uh, on those rosters that we have teams in the playoff or play-in area, but there's just not a lot of time. So uh, I, I don't know where they'll be, but my guess is they're not dropping out of the play-in, I don't think, by stretching the imagination, but they can be a team that can go from a playoff scenario right now where they're at into the play-in scenario. if They can't fix this thing quick.
0: George, good stuff as always. We appreciate the time. We'll talk soon, okay?
2: You got it, guys. Anytime. Take care.
0: Thanks, George. George Sedano from ESPN 710 LA, co-host of Sedano and Cap, also NBA sideline reporter for ESPN. He'll handle the sideline duties tonight. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are both headed to Chase Field one night, one night only on December 8th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. A lot of news making the rounds in the Western Conference in the NBA, and it's a lot like an airport. you got your arrivals, you've got your departures, and we'll cover it next on the Burns and Gambo show.
2: (laughs) The Burns and
0: Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we'll take a look around the Western Conference in just a moment. First, we've got our Twitter poll question of the day. Normally we roll it out at 2.30, but we talked to George Dono from ESPN 710 LA, so here we are at 2.45 with the Twitter poll. What you
1: got for us today, Rubes? Well, it's been the Devin Booker show as of late for the Sun, so we decided to go small picture for tonight's big game against the Lakers. Simply, how many points is he going to put up? Here are your four options. Number one is less than 25. Then you've got 25 to 32 points,
0: 33 to 39 points, and then 40 plus. He's averaging 34 points per game in the month of March. 40 plus, 40 plus. You think he's going to have one of those nights? Who's defending him? Yeah. Well, he's going to take a lot of shots tonight. I think he's going to have to take a lot of shots. You know what? I'm going to agree with McCullough. I think it's going to be a 40 plus night for Devin. Does it come in a win? Yeah, I think they win tonight. Yeah, the Lakers are terrible. I think they win tonight.
1: Well, that is not the leader in the clubhouse. It is in second place, though, but in first at 45.6% is 33 to 39 points, meaning 28.7% think he goes for 40-plus, 20.8% thinks he's in that 25 to 32 range, and 5.3% are Lakers fans thinking he scores less than 25. All
0: right, you can find the poll question, thank you, Eric, on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that as we go into tonight's action in the NBA. Quick look around. Around the Western Conference has the Phoenix Suns holding steady at the number four seed right now with their 38 and 33 record. They've got a two game lead in the loss column. I'm doing that just for you, my friend. Thank two you. game lead in the loss column over the LA Clippers. LA right now is fifth. Golden State Warriors are sixth. The Suns have a three game lead in the loss column over Golden State right now. Oklahoma City, man, they're rising up the charts very quickly, aren't they? They're the seventh seed right now. I think the question and we'll get in Oklahoma City in a minute can they get out of the play-in tournament with the way they're playing right now yeah probably that's become a real question dallas is eight minnesota is nine utah is ten and then right outside of the playoffs looking in the lakers and the pelicans who are both a half game back of the last play-in spot so again it's the clippers five the warriors six okc seven dallas eight Minnesota nine, Utah ten, and the biggest news of the Western Conference, Paul George, two to three weeks. Yeah, right knee
1: collided with Lou Dort in the Oklahoma City game. We were battling for a rebound. Just about four and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. He buckled, bent backwards, he stayed on the court for several minutes, and he is going to be out two to three weeks with a knee sprain. So two to three weeks. They're gonna reevaluate him in two to three weeks. After he did sprain that knee and that tough loss last night to Oklahoma City. So he underwent imaging on a Wednesday. That was today. And they don't know how long for sure he's going to be out. But it's going to be a lengthy absence, two to three weeks. Going to push it right up to the regular season ends April 9th. So you know, you go three weeks. You're talking about that's right at the
0: end of the regular season. Yeah, it, it. You know, George just mentioned a second ago that the belief in LA is that he's pretty much done for the rest of the regular season. And, and the you know it's it's the tricky it's the tricky wording that we've been we've been dealing with all summer or all uh, season I should say here in Arizona. Reevaluated. He's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. Well, what happens when they reevaluate him? I, I tell you, when it happened and I saw it, not live, but when I saw the highlight, I thought it was bad. Like, I, I thought it was worse than two to three weeks bad. So I, I don't know if it's going to end up that we're going to discover later that it's worse than we thought, but seeing it in the moment, and then seeing the looks of the faces of some of his teammates, and some of the executives, and some of the coaches, I, I mean, they were even comparing, you know, they, they were talking about what happened to Paul George back in 2014. I mean, it didn't look that bad, but it looked bad enough that I'm surprised it's only two to three weeks. Now, the question, What does that eliminate the el- Lake Clippers as a threat to get up to number four if they don't have Paul George on the surface, it seems like yeah, it does. Probably.
1: Uh, probably. Um they're supposed to get Norm Powell back. He hasn't played since March second, his shoulder injury. They're hoping that he come back comes back soon. Um you know, you could start to look for other guys to get more time. I mean Eric Gordon might slide into the starting lineup now, you know, with, with him out. You'll probably see more combinations of Covington and Batum and Mark Marcus Morris, senior, nine games left in the regular season. No lineup continuity at all because of this. You know they've tried to manage George's minutes, and that's the that's the that's the other thing too, right? You you try to they've been trying to manage George's minutes because of the knee mm-hmm. all season long, and then you get to this point, and you know it doesn't matter. Four minutes left in a close game, he gets injured. He's out probably the rest of the regular season.
0: Okay, so that's a departure when it comes to the Western Conference. Okay. The, the arrivals we've we've got a few of them. All right, let's go. Uh, we've got Luka Doncic. He is officially back tonight for the Dallas Mavericks. Expected to return. In fact, Chris Haynes is reporting that he is going to return and that he is going to play for the Dallas Mavericks. They have the Golden State Warriors tonight in a very big game in the Western Conference that they have to deal with. They will get Luka back for that.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people saying this is the most important game of the season for the Mavericks, that this one looms as one of the most important games they're playing because obviously they're fighting uh, for a playoff Return uh, five games he's missed. So Luke has missed five games,
0: but returning tonight again. Dallas right now with the eighth seed. Golden State right now with the sixth seed. That game is in Dallas. Golden State just ended their eleven game road losing streak. Yeah, they be Houston. Yeah, they be Houston. Right? Uh, they be Houston. Um, so that you know rematch
1: where- of the Western Conference Finals. Absolutely. last year. And-, and
0: where that game is very much matters with how Golden State has struggled on the road the way they have. their eight, eight and twenty nine. Eight and twenty. On the road this year, but if Dallas loses, now they might be on the outside looking in on and, this thing.
1: And last thing on that one, keep in mind the winner of this game tonight will hold the tiebreaker edge between
0: the two teams in case of a tie. All right, John Morant appears he is going to be back. He met with the media yesterday, talked about his main focus moving forward. Me
2: saying things, uh,
0: you
2: know, actions speak very louder than words. So that's my main focus now. Obviously, you know, super excited to be back with my teammates. Um, you know, that's, you know, the main thing right now. So. But now for me it's just you know keeping the main thing the main thing and continuing to uh, you know go through my process of you know becoming you know a better me I feel like you know if I do that not only will it help me um, but it'll help you know everybody around me as well says he's going to try to stay
0: off of social media he's going to try to stay out of nightclubs the belief is against the Rockets tonight that he'll come off the bench yes and he's never
1: come off the bench he started all 240 games that he's appeared in in his career but they want to keep him on a minute's limit now the Grizzlies are playing well three game Winning streak. They've won six of their last seven games. They're also ahead of the Kings for the number two spot. Joe Ja hasn't played since March third, so
0: he has he sat out nine games. But remarkably, the Grizzlies played very well in his absence. Yeah, they have they've managed it okay without him. And uh, we didn't mention the results from last night, but I will bring up real quick. Sacramento lost at home to Boston last night. First time the Kings have lost back to back games since early February. And because of that, Memphis is now all alone in the number. Two spot in the Western conference, not by a lot, but they 're all alone in the in the number two spot. Uh-
1: sorry and with Ja back I mean we'll, we'll see how they play like I said they played very well with Ja out now with him back they might be able to make a little bit of a move and push further ahead in that two spot.
0: speaking spots. of how well a team plays getting one of their main players back I'll be really <laughs> curious to see how Minnesota plays starting tonight they're getting Carl Anthony Towns back after a lengthy absence with a calf injury
1: yes he's been out for a long time so he is expected uh, to play tonight he's been recovering for a long time um, so with him, this is going to be real interesting on how they fit him in because that's a big concern was, okay, where does he he fit in? How does he fit in? Uh, A lot of miscommunication when he was playing with him and Rudy Gobert, so he's missed a lot of games. He's missed nearly four months of action. You would expect that he's on a minutes restriction as well and
0: possibly could come off the bench tonight as well. Minnesota currently sitting in the ninth spot in the Western Conference, so there's not a lot of margin for error there, and even though the Pelicans are on the out looking in. They're close enough that it feels compelled to bring this up. Zion Williamson is returned to on-court activities. He will still be reevaluated in two weeks with that hamstring strain. So he's not going to be back anytime soon, even though he's on the floor. Yeah,
1: I was talking about that when we had George Shadano on. The Lakers, the,
0: the the Pelicans
1: have the right to swap picks with the Lakers this year, part of the Anthony Davis trade. They have the right to swap picks with the Lakers, and both teams may end up with the, in the lottery with
0: very similar picks. When we come back, the Phoenix Suns, back to their game tonight against the Lakers. One thing the Suns were excellent at last year, being in the clutch. The Suns in the clutch ain't
2: what they used to be. What has changed from a year ago? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.